Oh, how I long for the year 2016. Oh, how I long for it. Hello again, and welcome to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, joined by the assistant to the host, J.O. And I hinted it in the intro. We're talking about WWE in 2016. More specifically, why 2016 was WWE's last great year. It's going to be an interesting conversation. We'll get into it here in a few short moments, but there's been some big news happening in the wrestling world recently. Johnny Gargano's back in WWE. And I'm not sure if we talked about it uh, during in one of our episodes or if it was just something we were talking about with each other, but we thought that was going to happen sometime soon. And look at that. Now look, and the thing was, the way they did it was so well. They executed it like it was like it was just oh, after commercial break, oh, Johnny Gargano's back. Oh, cool! <laughs> like literally, it was no announcement or anything. They just like came back from a commercial break. Rebel Heart hits. Thank God they used that music. Thank God. And, and now- see, that's one of the things I'm pretty sure I mentioned with. Uh, when we talked about Triple H taking over. No more announcements. The crowd wants to be surprised. We love the surprise. And I think, not even I think, I know Triple H knows that about the fans. So that's what he does. Surprises us. Let's just have these awesome moments. So it's already a good sign. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm liking the direction everything's heading in. Is WWE heading towards a last like a big surge in the last quarter for a little over a quarter left of the year? But are they in there? Are they about to hit a big surge here soon? Because they're I think they're they're getting they're getting hot now. It's getting hot again for them. The product's getting more interesting. That I'm borderline about to watch because I want to see Gargano wrestle because that's just. Uh, his NXT matches were just a thing of beauty, exquisite, exquisite matches. But uh, yeah, we're talking about 2016 on this episode. And let's not waste any more time getting into it. Um, 2016, man. So we were juniors in college at this point, like sophomores and juniors in college at this point for this year in WWE. And we're going to tell you why this was the last great year for WWE. Not saying they're not going to have another great year soon. So I feel like they're going to be on the cusp of it here in 2023 because they're setting 2022 setting up for a great 2023. But uh, 2016, man, uh, one of the main highlights I take that why I think it was so great and it was the best year was the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho relationship. That was such, such a great storyline, man. And I, yeah, we we can talk about the list. We, of course, that's gonna be a big part of it. But that's my next point, anyway. They just they just work together so well. And also, I just wanted to add real quick that I saw that Ko brought out his old uh, duct tape. He's the prize fighter. He's the prize fighter again. Thank you. Say, if you want to talk about symbolic, that's a good way of showing we're going to go back to what what I know, to what I'm best at. And that's my favorite version of KO. 
That was my favorite version of KO. That's, that's the that's the version of KO that went showed up on Money in the Bank. I think. 2015 2014 i think one of the years i can't remember he showed up and beat john cena his first match in i'm like <laughs> clean as a whistle clean as a whistle i'm like this is the guy we need we've been needing for the last five years where has this guy been oh man yeah i'm excited yeah, you said you wanted to, uh, you might tune in to start watching uh, Gargano. I want to tune in so I can see that, this version of KO again. Yeah, that's another one. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, but, yeah, the, they just worked together. They just played off each other so well. So, so well. Jericho is more of, like, the comedic relief. KO was yeah. a little more serious, but, like, Jericho was so freaking funny, and his comedy was so on point here, which brings me into the list which is just one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my freaking life. I, I, don't, I don't care. It's one of the greatest gimmicks of all time. You can freaking bury me online for that. But I just, it, it was so, I had such a, such fond memories of this thing. Cause you never knew when he was going to pull it out. You never knew. And no one was safe. No one was safe. Braun Strowman wasn't safe. No. I mean, he never put, he didn't put Braun Strowman on the list when Braun Strowman was there. He had, he'd have to wait until Braun Strowman left before he put him on the list. One of the ones we'll talk about Survivor Series, but I one that sticks out to me is freaking James Ellsworth. <laughs> He's sitting in the ring. They're all set up five, like the five on five Survivor Series match for uh, that year's 2016 Survivor Series. And then you have, because Dean Ambrose, he was kind of working with Dean Ambrose a little bit. He was kind of a lackey to Dean at that point because he was feuding with mm-hmm. AJ Styles. And it's like, hey, they have a lost child in here. Man, hey, man, you're kind of funny looking. <laughs> you know what happens to funny looking men here? Here on, on Raw. Here on Raw. Do you know what happens? Chintz McMahon. You just made a list. Everyone's freaking dying at that point. Oh, and Jericho so, scarves. The scarves. Oh my god, that was so good. I th- this was. It could be a hot take on my part, but this is probably one of the, my favorite uh, favorite versions of Jericho. Like list Jericho. Uh, th- I I I have to put him up there because I. I like even so, his like incredibly serious whatever. It's uh, no, has no country for old men or something. I think that was the one he was kind of playing. He's kind of playing the Javier Bardem part of that. He was playing that when he played the uh, super serious Jericho, where he's just like using big ass words and all that stuff. That's a really good version of him too. I think that along with this character were his probably two best. Original Y two J was pretty good. Yeah, but, but like when he was evolving over time, I think this the list of Jericho is just it's on the on or near on. I mean, at the top or near like in close second with him. It's like it's that's that's just it's so just good. And that's like Jericho really getting to utilize comedy for once. Yeah. And um, the thing that. The thing that you you know about uh, how how well this storyline went is because we 
everyone knew how it was going to end, right? Like they were going to turn on each other. We knew that. That didn't happen till the next year, but still. Right. And even though we knew how it was going to end, when and everyone saw it coming, when it actually happened, it was still so impressionable. Like it's still. Yeah, that the the festival of friendship or whatever. That was a great segment, by the way. That's 2017. We're not going to get too much into that, but I think. Yeah. But uh, on next on my list, uh, I have the list, the list of Sig Daddy for 2016. Why it was a the last great year for WWE. AJ Styles' debut in the Royal Rumble at number three. Because this dude had just wrestled Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom. It had a like absolute classic with him. And then oh, just a few weeks later, huh, all right, I'm just going to pop up at the Royal Rumble and sign with WWE became, becoming what was the biggest signing I think they had in a long time. Long time. Like, the, that was the guy that had been, he'd been grinding for that long. He had been a TNA stalwart. He had been a freaking star in New Japan. And the man finally comes to WWE and then they actually treat him like he should be treated, like a massive superstar. Yeah, didn't go to NXT, just went straight to the main roster. And they, yeah, treated him treated him right. Because how long was it until he actually won his first WWE title? Nine months. Yeah, I would say not even a year. And this man is like, it was in his late 30s, I think, at this point. Because he's like, what, 44 now? Yeah, he was like 30. He had to have been like 38 almost. It took yeah. him that long to get to WWE. And then, like, his reaction, he had a ridiculous reaction, too. Oh, one yeah. thing that pissed me off about that is they kept the freaking camera on Roman looking confused. I'm like, why are you doing this? Just show yeah. the man. <laughs> The only the only thing I could think of when I think of that is it had to have been a mistake. Someone had to have messed up in production because there's no way they thought it would have been a good idea to keep the heart. I don't know the hard camera. I don't know the terms. Uh, no, it was just a cam- like like that kept that cut angle camera angle on Roman the whole time. It's like put it on the freaking ramp. That's what we want to see. <laughs> I mean. They they uploaded it to YouTube eventually, but they called it unseen footage. No, it was the angle you should have used where it cuts to the ramp as AJ's coming out. But my goodness, yeah, I, it had to have been a production mistake because there's no way they would have thought it was a good idea to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Kevin Dunn, that's, I just, I'll just blame it on Kevin Dunn. That's all I'll say. But, oh man! But still, it was a great moment, nonetheless. Great moment, awesome moment. The setup it set up the year pretty well, and then uh, a few months later, this is going to be an interesting take here because we talk about why it was so great. Maybe why it wasn't so great initially, like a certain thing that happened wasn't so great initially. But what we figured out later on, it actually turned out to be great. Cody Rhodes leaving WWE. Right. Because initially, I really didn't feel too much about this. During the when I first read it, I was like, oh, you know, Cody Rhodes, he's doesn't like what he's doing in WWE, wants to leave. That's, you know, that's cool. He's going to do his own thing. But, you know, fast, fast forward. I mean, yeah, who could blame him? <laughs> who could yeah. blame him? Stardust, baby. Yeah. But then, you know, fast forward a few years and then he's 
he creates a viable competition to the big dub where they have their own history going on, their own epic moments happening, and people are watching. It's still going on to this day. Yeah, at the time, Punk and at this time, at the time of this recording, uh, probably within the next half hour or so, we're recording this on Wednesday, Punk and Moxley are going to be wrestling to crown the undisputed AEW world champion. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Cody Rhodes leaving WWE is a great choice, which in turn led to greater things for him. So we'll see what it look, what his future looks like with Triple H as the head of creative. That's going to be interesting. You think they buried the hatchet at this point? I think so. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> we'll see what happens in coming months. Well, it's going to be interesting because that was a Vince thing, I'm pretty sure. It was Yeah. Um, so up next, same around this, uh, I think it was a little after WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes left, I think maybe a couple months. But, uh, but at WrestleMania 32, uh, Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at championship at that year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 32. Really good feel good feel good moment. There was no one thought he was going to actually win that ladder match. Like no one did. <laughs> you had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in there as well as like Dolph Ziggler and uh some others and so you didn't think he was going to win. And Miz was in there as well. Yeah. On the pro- uh priority list, I, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but the odds that he had compared to everyone else that you just listed. Yeah, his weren't that high. No, but he ended up winning in a shocking surprise, which is nice to see in a ladder, a really good ladder match. Stardust was actually in that too. I forgot Cody was before he left. Um, uh, yeah, that was a great moment. It only lasted one day though, because he lost the title the next night, of course. Oh my God. To Miz in a rematch. That same WrestleMania though, we also got the women's triple threat rat triple threat match to crown the first ever raw women's champion sasha banks versus becky lynch versus charlotte flair who was the divas champion at that point and they i think lita was at the wrestlemania to introduce the raw women's championship and uh they had a really really good match at wrestlemania it was like the first women's wrestlemania like match like title match like women's championship match in quite a long time it seemed like yeah as we're as we're going through these, sorry, just a quick sidebar. But as we're just going through these, it's crazy to think how long ago this was. Like 2016, That's six years ago. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, I'm no. sorry. As as we're going through this, is just something that came into my <laughs> yeah, came into my mind. Mind, yeah, I I agree because I'm like, goodness gracious, this was six years ago. I feel old now. Uh, I remember a lot of these um, moments. Yeah, in Central Hall at UND. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My goodness. Good times. Seth Rollins, another one. He returned at Extreme Rules. He had the tore his tore, uh, ligaments in his knee m- the year before, and uh, he returned at Extreme Rules attacking uh, AJ Styles after – AJ Styles – not attacking AJ Styles, back attacking Roman Reigns after his WWE title events against AJ Styles, which is another highlight of that year was the series of matches those two had. Styles and Reigns, but that was a cool return, and like the crowd popped for it too. And Seth's supposed to be a villain. Yeah, I do remember that. Which 
I'm trying to think, 2016. So they were, uh, what, a year, two years into Roman's push? So at this point, the fans weren't into it, right? No, they weren't. Yeah, so that's yeah. If you're if you're putting anyone against Roman, to the fans at least, they're going to be the face because they're going to boo Roman no matter what. And then well, this leads me into the next month. So the next month they have Money in the Bank, where all three members of the Shield end up holding the WWE title by the end of the night, because Roman came there came in there as the defending champion facing Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth beats him to win the title, but the newly crowned Mr. Money in the Bank, Dean Ambrose, after Rollins wins and is celebrating, hits him, the, hits him with the briefcase from behind, hits the dirty deeds, and is then the Raw, not the Raw, but the uh, WWE champion. Great moment. Great piece of history. Yeah, because that's a, that's a cool thing to, to think about and to even say one night all three members of the shield were wwe champion like that that's cool that's like it's one of their best factions of all time and uh oh easily one of the best factions of all time yeah it began what 2012 i think yeah it was late to 2012 oh my gosh that was four that's 10 years ago god <laughs> And they started right here in Indianapolis, Indiana, did they yes, not? Yes, they did. Survivor Series 2012. Oh my lord! We're I just geez, every time we mention something on here, I feel like I'm aging like five years. Uh, <laughs> All right, here we go as well. There's another thing: the New Day. Their record-setting WWE, uh, which was initially the WWE Tag Championships, but then they turned in, into the Raw Tag Team Championships, and they uh, ended up having a record-setting title reign over a year so that was a great that they were very they were a highlight of the show like that whole year pretty much like any show they were on see this was probably there was a point when i was getting a little tired of the new day but i don't think that that happened yet during this time because they were still pretty hot they were still pretty funny and they, they were they new. Were they were still like only a year, like a year or so in too. Was it only a year? Okay, so then yeah, it definitely wasn't yet because yeah, early on I thought the new day were pretty funny. I liked them. Yeah, they were like over. This title reign went over a year, yeah. and that was pretty cool as well. Also, we had a debut. Bailey debuting on the main roster at Battleground, teaming with Sasha Banks against Charlotte and Dana Brooke. That was cool. Yeah, for those for those out there, I don't think I've said it nearly as much as I have with uh, Finn Balor because everyone knows out there Finn Balor is probably my favorite uh, male wrestler, but for a while there, Bailey was my favorite female wrestler. So mm -hmm. seeing her debut was pretty dope. Um, I do remember the videos of them showing the reactions of uh, Charlotte and no of Charlotte oh, and. Okay. Uh, of Dana Brooke when Sasha called out her partner and they were just had that sh surprise Pikachu face mm -hmm. going on. Like, I know Sasha just kind of like la like smiled and uh, grinned and stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Cause they were, you know, they're, they're BFFs. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. 
<coughs> Don't die on me, J.O. We're good, all right? You need, you can't, we got to keep you alive, man. You can't keep the show going without you. Yeah, no, well, what would you do? Um, I, I think you said yeah. pretty much all you need, to say, you need to say about that because I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, Wait, Sasha and Bailey, uh, BFFs in real life, and then of course in WWE. So, yeah, seeing their reaction, her happy reaction to that was really, really cool. And then we got Sasha Banks. Speaking of women, Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair, their feud that began back in July, where Sasha won the title from Charlotte on an episode of Raw. It was just a bunch of title switches to happen. Charlotte wins it at SummerSlam. Sasha then wins it back on Raw in October. Charlotte wins it back in the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match that same month. Then at Roadblock in December, Charlotte ultimately wins the feud by winning the Raw Women's Championship back three to two in a in sudden death of a thirty minute Iron Man match. This was a highlight of Raw for a while too. This was a great feud, even though the title switched hands I think too many times, but still it was they had a lot of great matches. So, so the only time that I thought the uh, hot potato of the belts ever worked was in this feud because I thought that was the only time that it really felt like, wow, these two wrestlers are are neck and neck. They're so close in, in strength and skill. So it, it made sense to me that, you know, uh, one night uh, Sasha was the champ, one night Charlotte would be the champ. So that was the only time it made sense to me. But that might that might just be me. Yeah, I I don't like I I'm I'm kind of like a old school when it comes to I don't like the title being freaking hot potatoed all the time. But in certain situations like this one where the matches are like really good consistently, I don't have a problem with it. Like like you said, they're very evenly matched, and. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, that, that was a great feud, and one of my probably went. My probably is one of my favorite women's feuds. I'd say in uh, since in a while, like it probably like be a top five women's feud for me. I think looking at it, because you got to put Bailey and Sasha up there from their NXT days, because that's just, NXT days. Yep. So yeah, put that in there, and then we also have uh, another feud. I think that was, I think this was the feud of the year. This had to be the feud of the year. AJ Styles versus John Cena. Can I, I, need, I, I need, need I say more? No, those two names alone. Those two names alone. Like I AJ Styles is already a big enough a big star as it as he was. But these this series of matches like we had with Cena solidified him as a freaking I'm like okay this is going to be the guy here soon i don't so i don't know if this was official like by wwe but i know a lot of the fans were seeing it as uh the face like of course at this point john cena is starting like, the hollywood stuff really yeah so He's not officially face of the WWE anymore, but he has been for so long. Like, John Cena is WWE, and then he's going up against AJ Styles, you know, uh, TNA mostly, and then even New Japan. So the fans, at least from what I could tell, were seeing it as you know, WWE versus 
TNA or someone who wasn't in WWE. And everyone knows with John, with Big Match John, nine times out of ten, he's going to come out on top. So that's what a lot of people were afraid of. But then with how the feuds were, the feud was going, people were starting to believe that yeah, AJ could be the guy. And he ended up being the guy. Like even though I don't think he full, they fully invested him as the main event guy, which that's what kind of bothers me. But still, his match with Cena at SummerSlam, a Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, where he beats Cena, I think most pretty cleanly in both matches. And these were absolute freaking bangers. And they would have another banger in early in 2017, which was, oh my God, one of my favorite WWE championship matches in a long time. That that was up. That's got to be up there with some of my favorite WWE title matches. And uh, yeah, 2016 Styles Cena feud was definitely a big, big highlight. 100% agree. Um, also, your boy, we talked about your boy earlier, Finn Balor. Finn Balor. He beat, so in this 2016, he gets brought up from NXT. He initially, so like early on, like they're, I think, getting ready to crown the Universal Championship. They introduce it, not to much fanfare because they, they didn't like, they think the title belt's pretty ugly. But still, they have Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns clean as a whistle on Raw. And then they have him beat Seth Rollins at SummerSlam to win the Universal Championship championship, and become the first ever Universal Champion. That, that, was, such a, that was such a good push. It ended, unfortunately, but we're trying to think of the happy things and the great things because I thought this was a great booking choice at this point. It was like, all right, well, we're trying out a new guy. And I thought, and he was the demon too at that on that pay per view too, right? Yeah, SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what what more what more can I say? Because I think you hit all of the points. You know, it's a it's a new guy, a guy that was you know pretty over with the fans at this point, <clears throat> and he could he could go in the ring. You could say he could go on the mic, and yeah, he, the the demon was over such a such a good character. He 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 could have carried that title. He easily could have carried that title. He's never been righted after that. No, he still has yet to defend it correctly for the title he never lost. He never lost the title. Like, and then he also like the one like a few times he's gotten opportunities at titles. Like, <sighs> freaking Roman one. Last Roman one pissed me off beyond belief. That doesn't count because that's just stupid. It was stupid, the pulsing crap. I hated it. Some people liked it. I absolutely freaking despised it. It was well, so, I like the pulsing, but the it was freaking cartoon, so cartoonish. They had him do all that and then lose because the turnbuckle broke. Yeah, no, that's the part that makes me mad. Is did they ever explain why that happened? Or did they just like, oh, it just broke? Magic. <laughs> Oh my god, and that was the first time the demon got beat. Oh my god, that is so oh that makes me sick just thinking about it. Uh dumb booking decision. All right. But a good booking decision. So they had the Finn Bauer one, which is a good booking decision. He loses the title un because he has to because he uh messed up his shoulder pretty bad, if I remember right. He was yeah. out for a while. But that was still a great moment, I thought. 
But another great moment, really, the prize fighter, Kevin freaking Owens. He wins the WWE title while they turn like they turn like bad news into good news. That same night, they have a fatal five-way match to determine a new WWE champion. And Kevin Owens wins the title after Triple H turns on Seth Rollins and pedigrees him. Freaking beautiful. Poe freaking Etic. And it this and was it, one this was one of the moments that I talked about that we watched live when back in college. Kevin Owens just like sitting there with this stunned look on his face. He's like, do I capitalize? Okay, I'll capitalize. And then he pins him and then has a great run as universal champion. Oh, such a good run. Such a good run. And I, part of that, too, was uh, the feud Seth and Triple H had, I thought was pretty good, too. It was, yeah. a, it was a slow burn. It definitely was a slow burn. Yeah, because that didn't but... culminate until WrestleMania the next year. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the year you, me, you, uh, that you and I went to Clash of Champions, was that during this feud? Yep. Because I remember, I forget it who was, Seth was. was. Yeah, it's like Stephanie got involved and everything in this in their uh, Clash of Champions match because they had it in Indianapolis uh, that year. And was uh, it during this feud? It wasn't. It was. They were in the early stages, like. They okay. start this feud started all the way back in August. Technically, they started the they started planting the seeds for it back in August, and then it didn't culminate until April. Man, that is such a slow burn. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, Orton joining the Wyatt family was created an interesting dynamic for him. See, um, I liked. It. I thought it was a good feud with the not not a good feud, a good uh, a nice little piece of story that Orton was able to do. Mm-hmm. That, that was cool it culminated in a not so great match at Wrestlemania 30 at the next year's Wrestlemania uh, just one of the worst WWE championship matches in w- Wrestlemania history uh, I I will die I will like bury myself in that grave whatever the whatever the terminologies for it I will dig my own grave for that but it is well everyone thinks it's horrible I think most people consensus thinks it's horrible but Still, I thought that was a cool dynamic. Something different for Randy Orton than the typical stuff we usually see from him. Um, <coughs> but also what we got this year, like later on in the year, we got brand-exclusive pay-per-views. I, I don't know how I feel about those, even now. I, li- like, I, li- I like them. I like them because it gave each show like an identity in their own time to really – like showcase because they SmackDown had backlash, no mercy and TLC that year. And then raw had clash of champions, hell in a cell, and then roadblock end of the line at the end of the year. So I thought it was pretty good. The only thing that I would say that I really didn't like was if I was in, if I was interested in seeing a specific uh, wrestler perform at, let's say hell in a cell or TLC. And if I knew it wasn't going to be their show, then I knew that I was going to miss him on that pay-per-view and that kind of bummed me out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, the, the odd couple, another highlight, uh, the odd couple, Rhino and Heath Slater become the inaugural SmackDown tag champs at Backlash. That is like a trivia question. 
Right, as you say, it, it's kind of it's it gives you the reaction of really them. They were the ones who be, they you beat. The, they to... beat the Usos. I'm pretty sure. God, you'd expect it to be. Yeah, you'd expect it to be. No disrespect to them, but someone better or like more. But, they were, but it was such. It was like the the complete the dynamic between Heath Slater and Rhino was hilarious. Those two. Heath Slater's got kids, baby. He's got kids. With that, like with how like a lot of kids or whatever they were saying. But that, that was good too. That I thought that was it was like a nice little moment they had. It didn't last very long, but still I thought it was yeah, cool. We got it was un it was unpredict like it was predictability was gone. Like you couldn't predict what was gonna happen, like that kind of situation. Not That's, I guess you really couldn't have, no. Um, also styles winning the WWE championship from Ambrose capping off his epic nine month run, like leading up to him winning the title. Actually, it's like eight months. Gee, even Christmas. <laughs> Would you say 2016 was AJ Styles best year? Oh yeah. I, 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 I thought, I thought about this recently and I said, AJ Styles, AJ Styles best year is 2016. You could say it was 2017 into 2018. I don't think so. I think 2016 was his best career year in WWE. His first year in WWE was his best year by far. Hard to argue. Uh, Survivor Series. Kind of wrapping up the year here. Goldberg smashing Brock Lesnar in his first match in over 12 and a half years. I'm not a fan of Goldberg's ladder run in WWE. Don't get me wrong. But his initial comeback was really fun to watch. And I completely missed this. I was oh getting food and J.O. I'm like, all right, I don't have time to get so I can watch this video package and I can, I'll be able to get come back, go get food and get back, come back here and watch the Goldberg match. By the time I get back, the pay-per-view's over. That I will always remember this moment because of what you just said. Because, yeah, you left thinking you have time to get food and I'm just watching the match. And then it happens, and then you walk through the door, and I'm just jumping like, oh, my God, Scholar, you'll never guess what happened. Goldberg practically killed Lesnar. (laughs) It was my first holy shit moment. Like, I jumped up from my seat when I watched that happen. It was so insane. Yeah, Goldberg just absolutely squashed Brock in an incredibly quick fashion. Awesome moment. Like, unpredictability. Like, though, I'm just saying, like, you're not going to – can't predict that crap. No, um, such an epic moment. Five on five elimination match from that same show. Styles, Ambrose, Orton, Wyatt, and Shane versus Strowman, Jericho, KO, Reigns, and Rollins. Bray Wyatt ended up being the lone survivors for Team SmackDown. And gosh, this was such a good match. It almost went an hour. It was so good. Such a good match. And the star power, my God. Strowman was getting hot at this time. Oh, my God. So good. Shane O'Mac got concussed. Bad. Um, to, he ate that spear, and his head just bounced off of the You thought the he canvas. was – you thought he – you saw he was like his – he was like, oh, my gosh, he is out. He's completely gone, like out of yeah, it. Yeah, he was out. He was, he was out. I think we talked about it that it, 
he I think he just instinctively kicked out when he wasn't supposed to. So what they ended up doing was calling it a Shane McMahon is unable to compete just so they could get him out of the ring. Yeah. Oh, yep. That was just a great moment. And then Alexa Billis winning her first of many women's championships at TLC. Uh, great. It just caps off a great year. J.O., if you were to encapsulate 2016, why is it the last great year for WWE? I would just say epic moments after epic moments. Just so many good moments. Like the storyline. The storylines work. That Everything came together well. The storylines were great. The wrestling was great. The comedy stuff was freaking great. All of this came together and made for a great product that you looked forward to watching like every week. Every week. And that's what we did back in college. We tuned in almost every week. And, the, and I, I haven't seen a year since then that's really like been like that. 2017, we'll get into that more later. Baron Corbin got involved. That just kind of ruined the whole year. It was good. It started off all on a pretty high note, but the rest of the year was pretty bad. But 2018, that WrestleMania did not cap, get it off to a very good start. Uh, 2019, they had some good moments in there, like Kofi Mania and uh, Becky Lynch winning the title. The uh, the Becky two belts thing, but like since then, I they have not been able to like recapture that sort of magic they had in 2016. No, no, not that really haven't been able to, and uh, it's unfortunate, unfortunate, really. But coming up next time, we just mentioned 2017. I hope you enjoyed the, this uh, episode of why 2016 was WWE's last great year. We'll, we're talking about 2017 next time on this episode, on, the, on this show. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, we're talking about 2017 next time on this show. Why 2017 was an awful year for WWE. There's a <laughs> lot of reasons. I've already got multiple reasons here, but we'll get into those next time here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Want to Once again, thank you all for listening. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Sig Daddy Wrestle, and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. JL, where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me at Instagram and Twitter at Jeremy Ordas. All right. Well, thank you again, J.O., for joining me on the show. I'm Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund with J.O., thanking you all for listening and saying, So long, everybody.